Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Flight Pass Podcast. Today we have a guest host step in to cover for me as I was unable to attend. And we, so we have Kerry and Elizabeth DeVries chatting with today's guests, Chantelle Budinsky, the top-rated female FPO player. There will be no chit-chat between Kerry and I today to start this episode, but there'll be lots, I'm sure, in the next episode as we kind of go over what happened this last year, the highlights, and preview what is coming in 2024. Hope all of you had a great Christmas. Hope all of you are having a good new year. Um, we certainly will have a great new year. We have lots of great guests lined up, but more about that in the future. That's enough of my chit chat. Let's get to the interview. All right, everybody, welcome. We have a Canadian FPO with us tonight, Chantal Padinsky from Ontario. Welcome, Chantal. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, it is winter time. I actually I just came back from the from the from Toronto. I was out there for five days and uh, checking out the courses and stuff. And it wasn't winter in Toronto, but it was winter in Barrie where I was staying. And it blew my mind how that changed as I drove down the highway. I went from snow to green grass to sunshine. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that far, so it's crazy the differences in weather. <laughs> I know. So where are you in Ontario? I'm in Windsor, so like the most southern point of Ontario. Okay, so you still got nice weather to go out and play and... Yeah, yeah. it's nice enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so is it officially off-season for you or are you still playing tournaments? It's officially off-season. Okay, and what does the off-season look like? Do you have a Do you have a full-time job you're doing or is um, it... It's, I, it's not a full-time job. I'm an independent contractor, um, a L'Oreal rep. So I kind oh. of get to choose my own hours and accept work, work as it comes. Okay. And is that what you were doing before disc golf? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you have a gig. So it's not yeah. just disc golf. <laughs> yes. And it works very well with disc golf because I can come and go as I please. Well, that Wonderful. flexibility is key. Yes, it is. Excellent. Okay, so are you you're you are you born and raised Toronto like Toronto area, Windsor? Yeah, Windsor, Essex County. So I lived in Windsor most of my life, but also lived in Amherstburg for uh some time. It's a small town outside okay. of Windsor. Okay. Now I, I feel like there's nothing small town out there. Like <laughs> I was from the West Coast, I was blown away. Like we're driving down the highway in five lanes, and I'm like, what are those four lanes for? And they're like, those are four <laughs> lanes, and they're just as full. And I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah, so, once you come down a little bit more south, it's much smaller than the Toronto area. Oh, okay. Okay. So you didn't know about disc golf till 2019, but yes. I, I read that. But disc golf has been, you've been surrounded by it since probably the 80s. So tell us how you found disc golf. Yeah, I never even heard about it until 2019. We saw a basket at a local course. Uh-oh, where'd she go? I'm right oh, here. There you are. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you want me to restart that? No. Okay. Um, just, my my video is going blurry, so I'll stop oh, okay, the video. Okay. So, and I don't know why it is, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we found a local course, and we weren't sure what the baskets were for. So we Googled it, and then we we bought just regular Frisbees from Dollarama, and we went and tried it out, and then yeah. we loved it. So we had to get our starter pack off of Amazon, and we were just hooked ever since then. <laughs> And did you find other locals at the course once you started playing and realized it had been around for a while? Like, 
how deep diving did you go into Google to discover disc golf? Uh, we didn't really go too hard at first. We just found out that this was a sport. And I think it was three weeks after we started playing, we found out that there was a tournament at our home course. So we signed up <laughs> and that was kind of when it started, uh, when we started meeting the people from league and then we started going to league the following year and kind of just went from there. Was there a big uh, women represent, female representation in that first tournament that you were in? Nope. There was just, I think there was only maybe four or five. Oh, so wow. we all played on the same card. And yeah. it was all FA, I think I played in FA4, and there was a couple FA, I want to say FA2s, <laughs> Yeah, but there wasn't many of us. And now, it's like where we are in Kamloops, we still yeah. have like that many women who are competing in tournaments, yeah. more women that will play, but in terms of competitive, that's like the number where we are. Yeah, yeah. In Windsor, there's still not really any um, women who play league unfortunately it's hard it's hard to get women out but yes hey, do you and it's fiance or husband are you married yet a fiance fiance do you both come from athletic backgrounds and did you find disc golf easy to learn um I wouldn't say we came from athletic backgrounds like I liked I liked track and field when I was younger and I played in high, uh, grade school just like all the sports but we didn't do much athletics before maybe kayaking does that count <laughs> and then yeah so it was kind of a big change in our lives because we weren't I guess like we were a little bit active just because we were always kayaking and hiking and stuff but nothing like competitive sports okay so like you didn't come from team sports out of high school or university or anything like that no okay and now and I have so that was a big adjustment <laughs> okay I feel I'm like you really had the athletic mentality though because like as looking back in your earlier posts, I was like, oh, she's got it dialed. So I come from a from a sporting history. So I have kind of transformed what that looks like for disc golf in my life. But for you, I was like, wow, super focused on skill, like already has these little elements and has this mental talk routine. So what are some of the strategies that you had there? Where did that come from for you? I've always been very competitive. Um, I grew up um like we would go to a, a local campground and it was mostly boys and so I was always very competitive with boys and I just always wanted to win <laughs> anything that we were doing so I always had that competitive spirit and I think that's why I excelled in disc golf just because I always want to keep getting better and practicing I think is fun so I think that's just where it came from and the videoing, the YouTube videos, did you think it was going to blow up like that? Like I was, I, I went back, like I subscribed to your YouTube channel and you know, at the start you had like 1200, 1700, then it was like 3000, 5000. You had Thomas Gilbert on, you had 50,000 <laughs> views. Like you're averaging about 10,000 views a video. It seems like, does yes. that blow your mind every time you put one up or are you kind of like wanting more? Or are you still just totally humbled by it? Um, I first it was like whoa people are watching like even 200 people <laughs> it was very weird um but now it's kind of like okay I want I want to keep growing mm -hmm. and um it's like if I only hit 3k on a video I'll be like oh I wonder what we did wrong there and we kind of have to uh go back and forth me and Chris with ideas and see like oh what didn't work what did work and but we definitely do want to keep growing the YouTube 
And that's awesome. And so it's, it's like a job. You're not just putting the content yes. out to satisfy yourself. You want to know what you did that kind of dropped your views. So you're going to try to fix it for your audience, which is very yes. cool. And I, um, I love following along. Like I love your little adventures and the different courses you're playing and, um, Chris, Chris, right? Yes. Does he have a job where he can work from home or has he quit his job to partner with you or how does that work? He has a full-time job um, as a, a graphic designer. Okay. Uh, once the pandemic hit, he worked from home. And then that's once it kind of settled down, that's when we started traveling a lot. And they've been really supportive of what I'm doing. So when we're gone, he's allowed to work remotely. Nice. Yes. Oh, that's so nice. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And is it, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to just let our uh, listeners know you started playing, I would say seriously in 2020, Yes. but I, I did a little research. You played a tournament as an FA2. You won first, then you went annihilated to annihilated it. Annihilated wow. it. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> and then you went and did FA1 and you took first. And then, you went, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that same year you went on and podiumed three times in FPO and you declined all your cash at that point. Yes. Was it a plan or were you, as you were going, were you like, oh, I, I might be able to win worlds. I'm going to decline cash. Like, or was there a, was there a thought process when you started tournaments that you had a goal to go to Am Worlds? I didn't, um, when I first started tournaments, I didn't think about traveling that much it was just the little canadian tournaments to see how i did but once um i went to, into fpo i was like well maybe i could go to amateur worlds and see how i would do there because in canada there wasn't many f um well females playing in general yeah. so i thought it would be really cool to go to the states and see mm -hmm. how i stacked up against all the competition there so that's why i didn't um that's why i was declining cash because okay. Once I started FPO, I was like, yeah, maybe we should try and go do Amateur Worlds. <laughs> I got to ask, though, about those first tournaments where you had said, like, you'd played a bunch of unsanctioned tournaments, and then you're like, okay, here's my first sanctioned one. Like, how did that feel when you were playing and you're like, whoa? <laughs> I, I played one unsanctioned. Well, it was sanctioned, but I didn't have my PDGA number yet. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. So my second tournament was my first sanctioned one, and I was so nervous. I still get very nervous, but it was like you can't even explain the feelings because you're so excited and happy to be there but but very oh, nervous I, I totally understand and I am not <laughs> on that caliber <laughs> like, I love I love that you say you still get nervous because I heard I can't remember it was a rock star I can't remember who it was and she said she literally throws up before every concert before she goes out on stage and she said the day that that doesn't happen to me and I take for granted going out there is the day I'm not a rock star anymore it's the day that it's over if you're not feeling that you're not in the moment. So it feels yeah. reassuring, Carrie. We need to figure out who that was. <laughs> so, okay. At Amworlds, you, I read a little article and um, you were talking about uh, the nerves, how you're playing really well. And then you realized that you were going to possibly podium and the nurse came back and you started to mess up and then as soon as you weren't the center of attention that you were able to play again have you come have you overcome that like is that something that still freaks you out when you get out there like as soon as the cameras are on you do you find you it's not the game you want to play yeah it still happens and I mean since Chris and I are always around the camera it, it that has helped a little bit but once you're just it's like 
I don't know, your attention is kind of somewhere else once there's a camera there. So if you're doing well, or if someone even on your cards doing well, now there's a camera behind you or on the side. So now it's like, I can't totally focus. And then that's when I started getting a little bit nervous because I'm like, okay, I'm not focusing. Okay, I don't know how to do the shot now. And just so many different thoughts in your head. And like, it shouldn't be that way. Just play disc golf. But uh, it's it's just something that you have to get used to. And I have gotten used a little bit more used to it this year since I have been on camera quite a number yeah. of times. But still, that first time the camera comes, you're like, oh, oh gosh, I hope I don't shrink this. <laughs> and you took third at the Am World in 2021 behind another Canadian. And we know Julie. She's from the West Coast here. And then Allie Smith, who broke out onto the scene this year. Oh, so, yeah. She did. And I was doing my research. I didn't even realize Allie came in first because I was following you and Julie the whole time. Right? <laughs> so I was like, that's kind of cool. But then you went on and you had six more FPO uh, podiums that year and accepted your cash that year. I think you accepted cash at Foxwood that year, maybe, or one before Foxwood. I can't remember, but right after Amworld, you accepted your cash. Yes. And then it looks like 2022, what was your decision going into 2022? Like you played a lot more tournaments. And Yeah, was that, oh. okay, so 2022 was last year. Yeah, so I think I played like, how many, 20, 20 I played 22? 22. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's still quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, 22, right from C tiers to elites. Uh, you podiumed 13 times with half of those being first place. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I just wanted to play way more tournaments to get over those nerves that I was having because that was like the biggest issue. And I was like, well, if I play every weekend, they got to slow down, right? Mm -hmm. And it did. It definitely did. But um, even going into this year, I was still still battling those nerves. And I still do. But after like you've played 15 tournaments in a row, you're like, okay. It's just another tournament and it's a little bit easier. So I have a question kind of on that line because I I think about sometimes when I would play against someone that I admire or someone that I look up to. And I mean, I'm on small scale. So how does that feel like in your world now when you're playing against the women that you maybe were looking up to on, t on, on coverage or whatever? Like, what's that like? That was really nerve wracking. Like when we first started going on tour and um, I think it was in 20... 21 when I did US or throw pink for the yeah. first time that was a really hard tournament for me because I almost felt like I shouldn't be there uh mm -hmm. and there was just so many pros and for the first time we were seeing everyone so it was just like a a shock to us so that was a really hard tournament to like focus and and feel comfortable and then the next year after a couple tournaments um, it, it's very fun being on the card with people who like you watched on Jomez and stuff because it's, I don't know, you're just there and you get to watch it, but it's so different because now you're actually talking to them and you're seeing the the person that they are instead of just like what they are on Instagram. And yeah. it was, it was a really cool experience. And now, and now I feel like, okay, I, I kind of deserve to be here. So it's not as hard for me to get into the groove, I guess yeah. I could say. <laughs> Are there any other women in the field that you feel like you really connected with that you feel like you're like, okay, sweet. I'm with you. Great. I feel relaxed. It kind of gets you centered. Um, hmm. There's a lot of great women on tour. I don't know if I can say like just a single person that comes to mind because me and Chris kind of uh, keep to ourselves a lot of the time, um, especially when I'm nervous. I just like to be like 
by ourselves in the back. But um, I also find that when I feel comfortable, I'm the one who is talking the most and I don't even like notice it. But uh, I don't know. I haven't really had a terrible experience yet. So I guess everyone's really welcoming. <laughs> Wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So 2023 this year. Yeah. 29 tournaments. You played six elites, two majors, and you won a silver event. You win, you won the Jim Palmieri's 50th AFDO. Yes. Huge like round of applause. <laughs> Thank well you. Deserved. And you're just saying like, you know, you felt like you had solidified yourself. You deserve to be here. I think you deserve to be there. 100%. <laughs> and so the cameras were on you. You were playing. Kind of give us a, a quick recap of that final round of like, what was going through your mind as you were coming down those final nine holes? Were you like, did you know the scores? Like, did you know that it was, it was locked up or where were you at? I never look at the scores anymore. I learned my lesson at Amateur Worlds. <laughs> it's just too much pressure to look at the scores. But um, I knew I I was doing pretty well because I hadn't taken a bogey yet. And I was like, well, no one could catch up to me if I haven't bogeyed, right? Unless Colleen, <laughs> she was like shooting so well. She had so many birdies. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how close she is to me. But um, I think at whole... whole uh, was it it was 16 where she didn't make the island and I did I think that's when I was like okay I'm pretty sure that if I don't do anything crazy on 17 I should be able to walk away with the win and it was it was, was just it like the so longest cool. three holes you've ever played in your life I actually was just having a great time I wasn't like as nervous as usual probably because I was just throwing well so yeah. it wasn't <laughs> stressful but I was just it was surreal. I don't know how to explain it. You're just like so excited for it to finally end like the whole weekend you're thinking about it. Mm. And it was just a really cool experience. <laughs> you do something with the disc, that last putt that you put in, does it stay in your bag or just like you pull it out? Like this is commemorative, my first win, or you still putting with it? I'm still putting with it. I, I get really attached to my putter. So awesome. <laughs> did you write on it? <laughs> No, I didn't do anything cool, I guess. Oh, that's, <laughs> I that's just, not, there's no judgment on that. Like, that's awesome. That's so cool. I just have the trophy in my living room and all my other trophies are in my in my uh, office. So I oh, guess good. that's the special thing I did. I just keep it out for everyone to see. Perfect. <laughs> Sweet. And that was a heck of a trophy. Yeah, that was really cool. I think it was a pretty cool trophy and my dad loved it because he loves uh, cars. So yeah, so rad. It was so really cool. cool. And so it's in, you had to bring, you had to bring it home. Like, how do you yeah. put that in with, like, imagine your car is stuffed, right? <laughs> um, so. It, it's, it came in like a, not a case, but like, um, it has like a holder for it. So okay. and it, 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 it stored pretty easily. Okay. okay. They were very thoughtful then. I could imagine yes. it's just like, all right, now carry this with you. <laughs> in the yeah. passenger seat and drive. <laughs> <laughs> just like zip tie it on the steering wheel. What's up? <laughs> Oh man. That's awesome. So what did you do to celebrate? Like, what was, or did you just like, okay, next tournament, let's go. Yeah. We had to drive to worlds that night well, in Vermont. Yeah. And that was, I think it was 13 hours from where wow. we were. Uh, so we just left right away, went there. And then I had two days to practice for worlds, two different courses that I've never seen played before. So I felt like I didn't have much time to celebrate or almost process those feelings. Yeah. And I blame that for how I played at Worlds. 
But when did you, like, did you get home? Like, has it all hit you now in the off season? Like after Prodigy did a, they did a disc or something for you, right? Like, yeah. yeah so yeah. it started, is that when it started to feel real? Like your sponsors are doing a commemorative disc, you're home and back in Canada, you're with your friends and family. Like, when did it actually, you're like, hey, I, I'm a champion. <laughs> I won this. I think it kind of hit me when I was on um, one of the courses at Worlds and some of the bigger names were like coming up to me and congratulating me. And I was like, oh my goodness. And they're like, I watched you. We were so like, we're proud of you and all this stuff. I'm like, that's so sweet. (laughs) It's weird to, it's weird to think about how many people were watching and I think that's when it kind of started hitting me that, hey, I won a pro tour event and, and people noticed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it just made a mark, also, right? Yeah. Sorry. You're the first Canadian woman to win one. Like, whew, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we just kind of want to put that shout out there because we heard your name mentioned a couple of times on some of the other podcasts that it, guys do, some of my favorite podcasts. And it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. And Chantal Badinsky won this one. I was like, could you say she's Canadian? Could you say she's <laughs> the first Canadian woman to do it? Like, I was really upset that no one was pointing that out. <laughs> So I was watching that tournament freaking out because I knew what was coming. And I was like, this is for Canada. (laughs) I was up out of my seat and I was freaking out. My husband follows disc golf closely as well. And he was like, that's amazing. Someone say she's Canadian. Someone say this, that. Like we were like losing it. Like we were jumping out of our chair. And so, yeah, we watched it live. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So congratulations and representing. And now that all of that said and done, do you have a plan for 2024? Like, do you know what you're doing? Have you started registering? Did you earn a tour card with your win? How did that work? Yeah, so I earned a tour card, which I definitely want to to get it. Um, I'm still working some stuff out with sponsors. And I want to do more of a full-time tour. Maybe not all the way full-time, but definitely want to hit more tour stops um so just planning another very busy season are there some stops that you're like I gotta be there sorry Carrie it's okay yep um so I really want to do the Texas swing um I'm hoping everything works out and um U.S. uh women's I want to be there again I I placed pretty well so Mm -hmm. I want to go back and place even better (laughs) so that's yeah one of my biggest goals um, there's not any other tournament really that I'm really excited for as of right now. <laughs> Are you going to Florida in February? That I am not sure yet. Okay. I would like to, but I, uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask a question and you don't have to answer it. We can edit it out. You said okay. you're figuring stuff out with sponsors. Is your contract up with Prodigy or do you have another year? Uh, it's up with Prodigy. Okay. This year. This year, like right now, like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. I, I won't press. I, I, <laughs> I kind of thought, but you said that and I was like, I'm going to ask. So, okay. Well, we'll be excited to hear what you announce here in the coming month or so. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I have a follow-up question that maybe, I mean, maybe it's not a good fit, but what kinds of goals do you have? Like in this moment of conversation and self-advocacy, like you talked about how you want your your YouTube following to grow, how you t- look at that critically and kind of weigh what can we do differently. So clearly you're looking to get better. I've heard that come out of your your statements and you're competitive and you want to push. So what mm-hmm. kind of goals do you have for yourself? What are you looking for? 
Well, as you probably know, if you play tournaments, it's very expensive and time consuming. Um, but I would like to obviously get better so that I could support Chris and I uh, more on the road and um, so that I don't have to come back and work for money <laughs> to pay for those tournaments. Um, I want to be able to do it more full time so that in between I have more time to practice and get better because as of right now, I feel like we're so in the middle, uh, we're touring for two weeks, coming home, I have to work, I can't focus fully on on disc golf. And I feel like I'm kind of missing out there when other people have all that time to fully focus on disc golf. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really, really would like for myself mm -hmm. is to fully be able to just focus on disc golf. So that's I mean, like my biggest job. goal. Yeah. Yes. Call it your job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if anyone out there is listening, that's, uh, you know, it's contract here. <laughs> Help a girl out. Yeah, it's good. He's looking for other partners and contracts. Sorry, are you looking. Sorry, looking for other partners and contracts. Like I don't know how that works. Oh, um, I'm always open. Um, it's not like I'm going out and like messaging people. Um, right. but I'm always open to to talk. <laughs> it's typical of contract here, right? Like people will say. You know, like, I think Holland Hanley just finally let it squeak out on the last podcast she was on there that um, she's she's signed a, another extension with Discraft, but she's up. Like, Discraft has a whole lot of them up right now, and none of them are really saying anything, but that's typical, right? That's when other sponsors slip a, a contract in. Now, you don't have an agent. You advocate for yourself, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Cool. That's very... So, we got that out of the way. Awkward. <laughs> Um, do you, uh, part, like part of being an FPO and building your, your brand and building who you are, do you see becoming part of, um, any kind of advocacy for FPOs? So like getting out there and being a tournament director for women's events or creating a women's only situation for up and coming players, or do you want to just focus on you and playing or did you want to um give back to the community in any way i haven't thought too much about that um i'm mostly focused on myself and getting better there are a couple things that do you know jeff and kara yeah yeah everyone knows jeff and kara right yeah <laughs> yeah so there's a couple things that we've been talking about and hopefully we can work out um that would uh, include like younger uh, women who want to get out and play disc golf. Um, mm. I'm not a person who I feel like I'm not a very good teacher. Okay. <laughs> so that's probably why I don't really do any instructional videos on my channel. I just feel like I, I can't teach very well. So I was always really hesitant on doing like clinics and stuff just because I don't know how to explain it. I don't know like how the body works. I don't know why I do these things. It's just kind of works for me. And I love the honesty. <laughs> like I've heard that from some other players too, where they're like, I don't know why my body's doing what it's doing. So I'm not the person to break it down. Exactly. Like, this is like, what it feels like for me. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, and like, I appreciate that. Right. And, it, and it's, and it's, I, I, I would rather hear that than see someone try to do it and not do a good job at it. And then put a bunch of players out there with like, bad skills or bad form or whatever right? yeah so, exactly no. and like I don't ever want to be in that position where people are calling me out and saying that's not right and <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to handle it I love your YouTube videos and they're awesome and I I've watched actually 
your own um, form and skills evolve through your videos, like just by watching your throw and your foot placement. And I can tell that you've worked hard on sorting that out for yourself, right? So yes. yeah, and the evolution through your videos is pretty cool. If no one's following Miss Frisbees on um, YouTube, subscribe, check her out. She's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So maybe we'll get you up to Simon numbers. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that would be lovely. I'm not as so, cool as Simon, but. <laughs> what do you do being in Ontario in the winter? Like there's no snow, but it's definitely cold. Like um, when we're down, we were down on the water in Toronto. I realized like there's no snow and it's sunny, but the wind's freaking cold here. Mm-hmm. What's your off season plan? Like, do you work out? Do you do yoga? Do you do lots of stretching? Do you have, Um, I've never tried yoga. I feel like I wouldn't be good at yoga, (laughs) but uh, Chris (laughs) has been, he's been really hard working out and I've kind of been just, you know, hanging around and watching him work out. I'm, I'm going to be starting, uh, I think that tomorrow (laughs) and we're going to do a plan for that. Um, And then it's mostly putting on the off season. That's all I do is put through my house. I have a perfect 30 foot window to putt so that's mostly what I do I don't do a ton of form work honestly I every time I do form work it's it's terrible (laughs) because I don't like I said I don't understand it Chris will say you have to do this for the transfer the weight and all this stuff I'm like I don't I just don't understand it so what I can can you watch somebody like Holland or Paige or uh, Kristen and can you mimic what they're doing like are you a visual learner where if you watch someone or do you just do what feels good for you I'm more of a visual learner so I will tape myself and I'll try to look like someone else but I don't know like the physics behind it I guess okay. you could say yeah so yeah. that's what I've kind of done I've just watched like my favorite players and tried to mimic what they've done yep. and I think my biggest challenge was getting my um, hips involved because I've never really played sports. So it was really hard to get that involved, which I think this year was like the biggest year of, like I gained a lot of distance and I think I finally got it figured out. So (laughs) yeah, but. It's always something that it's a personal thing, right? Like how Paige throws isn't how Kristen throws, isn't how Holland throws or Katrina, but they all throw far, right? So they figured out the speed and the timing and the rotation of the, their hips, they're all built very different, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever met Paige, she's she's so little. tiny little compact, <laughs> a little walking bicep. Like she's this tiny, <laughs> tiny little muscular specimen. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how she throws as far as she does. And so I appreciate what you're saying. Like I, I don't throw very far and if I played more, maybe I could, but putting's huge and um, I was taught that decades ago when I started playing, like it's that old drive for show, putt for dough. Take a look at Owen. What does Owen max out at? Maybe 350 for distance? I think so around there. Wind? Sometimes she gets sneaky. Yeah, far. sneaky. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't crack 400. No. Her average probably hovers in around 320, 350. But yeah. putting, like from 60 feet, she's deadly, right? And look at what she did this year with her career at at 40 plus for age yeah it's amazing and that's what I keep telling myself don't worry about your distance accuracy and putting that's all you need (laughs) totally because I mean someone can huck it right to the basket but if they can't get it in they're going to get the same number that yeah yeah (laughs) exactly right like I think about some of the guys I play with and 
I get to the basket inside the circle for my three, they're parked inside the circle for their bird and they're getting a par alongside me because they're not putting well. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's true. It is. Yeah. It's true. Um, so being out on tour and hitting up all these different places and even in Canada, um, what is your favorite style of course to play? Like, do you like the, the challenge of wooded tight lines? Do you like the, um, a little bit, everything like some turnover? Um, do you like to use your full toolbox? I guess that's, I, that was kind of my catchphrase for 2023. Use your toolbox. I so, do like to use my whole toolbox. Awesome. awesome. I love when I'm not throwing the same disc every single shot. Awesome. I do like playing golf style courses just because they're so beautifully manicured and it's just like nice and to bomb yeah. a shot every throw, but also it can get kind of boring. So I think I like a good mixture, um, definitely woods and some open bombs, but I also so really love short technical holes. That's like my favorite thing about disc golf is just like 250 foot short technical holes. It's awesome. so fun. And do you feel, now I'm going to ask this, um, I'll start with this. Holland Hanley is building an FPO course on her uh, partner's ranch, family ranch. And she specifically called it an FPO course. Um do you feel the courses you're playing or the tee pads you're playing or the pars you're playing, do you think they're fair or do you think there could be a better job done on tour for, for the FPOs? On tour, it's definitely getting better. Like when you compare it to what we have here in Canada, well, in Ontario anyway, we don't have very many courses that are made for FPO. So when we're playing longs, we're just, we're stuck playing with an MPO. I feel like it kind of skews our ratings because Absolutely. we can't reach 450 foot par threes. Like it's just not going to happen. So I think on tour, it's much better. Obviously some of the courses could be a little bit better, but it's getting so much. They're, they're really trying to step it up for the FPO field. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You guys have some beautiful courses out in Ontario. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of good ones here. A lot. Like there's a lot of courses, period. Like I'm blown away. Like I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I have, Maybe I've not down where I am, but in Toronto, there's, there's a ton that yeah. I still have yet to play. I got to go out that way and play. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, yeah. And then what about, um, like a favorite? So we're going to ask you three questions. Okay. Like so we're going to ask you for a dream card. It could be anybody, you and four people or you and five, if you have to. And it's just, it's just, it can be competition. It can be casual, it could be male, female, and then your favorite course you've played and a bucket list course. But while you're thinking about that, I have one more question about the tour. Is Europe on your radar at all? Oh, I would love to go. I was just telling Chris this, like, two days ago it would be so great to go but I just I don't know if we'd be able to afford it but I think it would be a really great experience and also because not everybody goes there so I feel like it would be even better for me because I could maybe get more recognition if I played well and just I think of things like that um I would love to go and the courses look amazing and they moved the silver. So there's no silvers in North America, but there's silvers in Europe, right? Yeah. So, like going over there and they count for tour points. So, you know, if you could get over there, if you could afford it, there's an opportunity for you to get up in the points up there that maybe you couldn't get like at Idlewild or Waco or something like that in the States, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
Yeah. I, I hear you. Come on, sponsors, help her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would really love to go. That would that would be awesome. <laughs> well, it it'll happen. It'll happen. Look at what happened in three short years. <laughs> it's true. And I keep telling myself that because I feel like I'm never gonna be able to go full time or this or that. And I was like, well, just look at what happened last year or this year, rather. This year. So, yeah. Um, you don't have to answer, but do you will you share with us how old you are? I'm 31. You're 31. Okay. Yes. So you're right in there with Kristen and Paige and I think Holland's 27 or 28. She's almost in up there, I think. Like, so, you know, you're, you're right in that mix of the people that are the, that are the players, the FPOs that are playing well and uh, top of the game. Do you feel like age is a factor when you're thinking about what you want to do? Or do you just think about your athleticism, your skill and your ability when it's, when you think about what you want to do? I'm always thinking about my age. <laughs> I think it's because Chris and I were planning on having children like right before. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, well that kind of has to be on hold for now. Um, I couldn't imagine doing this with a kid. Like my two dogs are enough to, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I'm always thinking about that. And I'm also thinking like, okay, is my age going to affect how I feel like my body and, and you, you just have to keep in better shape than the young people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so is that, is that part of your wanting to get out on tour and just so no regrets really, right? Yeah. So yeah. So when you come back, either, you know, you can do it or you're going to come home and start a family and tour part-time and be a mom. And is that kind of yeah. where the mentality is? Kind of, I would like to, um, do this for it would be nice to do it for at least another five years like full time but I just I don't I don't know well, <laughs> at least so I at least two years yeah <laughs> but if I may like you you've commented a lot about knowing yourself right and knowing your own skills and being connected to like connected to your body and super grounded in what you're doing so I mean I'm older than you are and from the space of that like a little bit of release from that expectation of like the age and how it's going to go, because it sounds like you've got a really good connection with yourself and your body and your movement and your form and what you need to work on. And I mean, look at own, if there's someone that I look up to, who's probably the same age as me, like, wow, what a mom to be able to just know herself and like, keep, keep at it. So I think, I don't know, the world is changing maybe with our our age age um expectations of different yeah. people but like knowing yourself i think is the best step to start out with and yeah and keeping healthy like jen allen same thing right she's in her yeah. 40s sarah hokum mm -hmm. holly finley yeah <laughs> those girls all... i hope to be in that good of shape when i'm that age so <laughs> you will like you will like if you want it you will right yes. so um yeah okay so let's let's talk about a dream card Okay. I, I I did a video with the gatekeeper and they asked me this question. I had such a hard time because I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like it would be like my close friends. Cause well, some, of the, some of the answers and like the pros we're giving um, own and uh, Missy again, cause like own brings good energy. She smiles. Missy's like totally laid back and fun. Those are probably two of the most popular that they want on their card um Calvin Heinberg's been answered Paul Macbeth Paige yeah. of course Kristen um but if you if you could line up a card of people that you say let's let's go FPO MPO 
and you're just going to go to a, a casual course, one of your faves to play, who would you want vibing with you on that, on that card? Okay. Well, okay. Own, I've played with own a, a couple times and she's always hilarious. So obviously awesome. <laughs> she's I'm just glad. such a good, she's not my dream card. <laughs> She's so hilarious and so fun to play with. And she, I don't know, she's hilarious. And you know who also is great is Jen Allen. She is so funny. She just mm -hmm. makes you laugh the whole time. So she could be on my card too. <laughs> and then I think for MPO, I do love Calvin. He reminds me of my brother. So I've just always really liked Calvin. And he's just so sneaky funny. Yes. <laughs> he's, I love when people are quiet and then they just say something hilarious it's the best so he can be on it too and then one more mpo who do doesn't, i like doesn't need to be another mpo it could be another fpo it could be like a shout out to your uh, your best friend locally that you golf with yeah i always want to play with my friend cat cat johnson yes yes she's uh we always have so such a fun time when we're playing disc golf so awesome. and she i think she would like the people on my uh my dream card too so please <laughs> awesome Awesome. And now favorite course you've played and it can be, it does not need to be a tour course. If you've got a favorite, but. They, oh man, there's so many good courses and I feel like it changes when I play one. Well, <laughs> like this is my favorite course, now. <laughs> but I, you know what? I have to say as of last year, I think I enjoyed playing the, um, was it called the regulator for the U S women's Oh, okay. It was just, it was made for us. All the pars yeah. were so fair and it was just so fun. You had to shape your shots. We had open holes, we had water, we had lots of woods and it was just like such a fun course to play. It looked awesome. Like we played how many rounds, four rounds there right, and yeah. you're never bored. I heard a lot just of such a good FPOs course. say that they would go back there. Like yeah, they, they I would, would go back again for the U.S. women's. I'd go back, and I think it's going to be really hard to to beat it. So I'm looking forward to see what U.S. women's is like next year. <laughs> and it's in Texas. Do you know where in Texas? Oh, I don't know where off the top of my head or okay. what course. I haven't okay. looked into it. Okay. And now bucket list. Mm, I don't know. Maybe... Um, the beast is that what it's called in in yep. europe yep that would be amazing to go play i think i'm going to go with that one like would you want to play it in the european open or would you just yeah. want to play it recreationally <laughs> both but both. i think okay. mostly to go for she the would practice it and then rock it and yes. then rock it that's right <laughs> well my bucket list is maple hill and oh. got to play it this summer so <gasps> yeah and was it great it was it was um just so different from anything that I've played before. And I wish that I had been brave enough to play the gold, like the, the FPO layout, but I was like, I just only have so many discs. So much <laughs> water. It hard. It's, but it's we did so hard. Play, we played the white layout and we played it three times. So we got to feel a sense of improvement, which was super rad. And I was just like geeking out the whole time, thinking about all these women that I admire being there and just like trying to send everybody good energy in the trees after <laughs> I smashed them over and over again. So that oh. was a good time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Maple Hill's a really good one. Awesome. I'd like to play it too. Sweet. Any shout outs you want to give to family, friends, players in particular? Chris, obviously, he's like... Yeah, 
I gotta give Chris a shout out. He's the best. He's just such a big supporter. He helps me so much. I wouldn't be here without him. So does he do all the driving? <laughs> Most of it, yes. He really does. Okay. I used to be more of I would drive more, but as time went on, and it's like I'm tired. I just played. He he's so good. He's just so good to me. He drives amazing so much. <laughs> Anyone else? Um, yeah. I I wanna um my family because they've they've been helping me so much too like I I wouldn't be able to do without them they watch my mom and did my dad they watch my dogs while we're gone I think Aww. next year we're going to start trying to bring them with us the dogs <laughs> we'll see how that goes um but yeah shout out to them because they're great and also Chris's parents help us too with them so nice we have a good support group do you travel in an RV no not yet but my dad just gifted me one so Oh, that's a that's a little secret. <laughs> uh, we we re- for a while. Claude okay. has to edit it, so it'll be a, it'll be a week or so before this comes out. So okay, my dad, um, he is a big RV guy, so um, he had two and he he gifted us one, but it's completely gutted and we have to build it. So whoa, fun. Yeah, we will see if that is even ready for this year at all I don't know project. (laughs) yeah yeah we're starting to think of some plans and stuff but we'll see how that goes that's so fun I mean I travel I have a an old old motorhome that I travel with my family and it just changes the experience of being on the road so much to be able to be like I've got my kitchen and the food is still cold like it's not like cooler (laughs) style or it just makes such a big difference yeah, and I think that it would be good for Chris and I on tour. I think we it would um we would be more a part of like the touring culture yeah. um or the van culture cuz we're kind of we're I feel like we're not a part of it yet because we're just we go play, then we go back to the hotel, Chris is working and we don't really get to experience any of that kind of stuff. So it'd be really cool to kind of be a part of that and maybe make some more friends. <laughs> well, yeah, like if you go to the preserve, everyone camps at the preserve, right? Chris could still work in yes. the motorhome and you can hang out. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 That's something that I would really like. That's a big piece of it, right? Like mm-hmm. we talked with Thomas and we've talked with Casey Hannemeyer, both of them being the prominent MPOs, from Canada that have gone down on tour. Thomas, a very different situation than Casey, right? Thomas was young. Um, he got in and and made his way quite quickly. Casey is in his 30s, went out on tour. He went for three months and he said it took a bit. Like you got down there and you had to find your way in. We make friends. You know these people from going to tournaments, but you find a friend group and um, but it's not as easy as it looks when we look from the outside looking in all these people already like traveling together and, you know, uh, they got their, uh, rentals or they're in their vans or whatever. And so did you, do you find that? Like, do you, afterwards, if people are going out for dinner, do you find it's just kind of like, and eh, I'm just going to go back to the hotel or have you found that group yet to kind of hang with after an event or we haven't really hung out um much like I I do have friends like Leah Sina Jenny's always been such such a darling sweetheart like she's, she's so, so sweet she's such a sweetie and she's really okay. fun and I love being on her card too um so she's she's been really open and uh, invited me places and stuff nice. um we Chris and I really have to start making more of an effort on um 
we've always been very shy people and this whole experience has really just changed us like I couldn't tell you I would probably wouldn't be on this podcast if it was three years ago like I was just so shy disc Mm. golf just made us come out of our shell so we're still learning on leaving the hotel room and like going to do stuff we need to get out more because we never really traveled before and now we get to see all these places and we we need to go start enjoying our lives like and we're in Nashville go do something that's what we have to do I heard a lot of the pros say that I heard a lot of them say you know it's not just about the disc golf we're here for a week so we're going to go for a hike or we're going to go check out the downtown scene and find a restaurant or like, you know, they're like, this is our job, but we're missing out on so much of our lives because it's play, practice, eat, sleep. Right. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I you noticed on the social media, a lot more like hiking, kayaking, floating the river, um, top golf, pickleball. Yeah. So yeah. I want to play pickleball. Have you played pickleball? I have. You have? Is it good? Yeah, it's so much fun. (laughs) Okay. I need to try it. I think that that, that, um, that does also though present a new mental challenge, right? Like I went and played an A tier tournament this summer and had full intentions of playing more A tiers. And then I was like, whoa, like I can't actually do anything else if I want to go play disc golf competitively and do well. Like I can't actually be anybody other than like Elizabeth, the disc golfer, which, you know, there's some learning there and we got to do better next time. But I think that that's even in just saying like, okay, going to try some new stuff. Like that's going to present a shift of mental game too. Yes, it does. Because all we think about is disc golf. So it's hard to kind of get out of that, especially when it's like, okay, I paid money to be here for disc golf and that's all I'm going to do. We need to get out of that mindset and enjoy more things oh that's where the ease of a sponsor would help too right where yeah financial burden isn't yours and chris is 100 percent of the way you know that someone's helping you out a little bit so you have a little bit of extra cash to go and maybe take in a play or a concert or pay for a national park pass and go hiking or floating or kayaking take your kayaks with you right yeah and prodigy has been a huge help these past couple years um it's definitely made it less stressful um I wouldn't be able to do it without them so uh we just need to work on doing more (laughs) you need some contract details worked out yes awesome well Chantel I really really hope that it works out with Prodigy or whoever it is that um you sign with because we need more Chantel on tour (laughs) I agree (laughs) I love it I love the energy you have I love um you know you're a, a breath of fresh air like I love your videos and your um and you're Canadian and we need that down there so I know that um at our end uh Sophia Danecki from the island she was just down at throw pink and not throw pink um yeah throw pink yeah throw pink, pink. yeah That's throw pink and um, she plans to try to do some stuff in Oregon and like Beaver State Fling and those those events. So she's going to try to dip her toe a little deeper into the tour world. And um, Julie's a mom, Julie Moens. She had a baby. So Jordan, I don't know if she's going to tour, but Gabby Lee, also from the island. I think her plan is to get out on tour a little more. So we'll have a few Canadians. And at your end, you've got Kat Johnson and Karen Martell and Colleen. Yeah. And... There's yourself, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Sandy. 
Yeah. Can yeah. handle. Yeah. But she's also, she's also FP 40, right? So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a good portion of um, women that are trying to get out there. I feel like this next generation of golfers coming up behind you, um, even younger than say the uh, Mondahando sisters, those girls that are 17 and 18 that are still in high school that are going to want to go on the tour and they're playing great golf on the weekends while they're writing exams to graduate and stuff. Yeah. What, what do you have to say to those girls? Like you started late, like you started obviously in your late twenties, but what would you say to them? Like, what is, is there, is it easier for an FPO to break into the tour and do well than it is for an MPO to get out there? What, what, what do you think? I think for sure the FPO, the FPO is still developing. I feel like MPO, you can't make a mistake. Like you just can't. And FPO, it's a little bit easier, You like not easy, obviously, but yeah. there's more room and uh, there's not as many. So if you're doing decently well, like you have a good chance of being showcased on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Or, yeah. um, so I think that it's really important that if if a young girl like like cadence yeah. she's in school and she's killing it <laughs> like she's doing so well and i think that's so awesome because it shows that other young women can come into the sport and they don't have to feel intimidated by us older ladies <laughs> because it hey, is hey. a lot of older <laughs> older women so it's nice to see the young people finally coming out and showing their skills and I, I just I wish that I found it when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, me too. hundred percent. I've been playing 23 years and I wish I found it way sooner, but I noticed like Cadence doesn't have social media. Like, I don't oh, think she has an Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has does. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Ellie, she, okay. Midling. Ellie Midling is no, has that's no who it is. Yeah, Ellie Midling. And she, yeah, she's, yeah, she's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Our distance champion, isn't she? Yes, yeah. she is. Yep. She is impressive. And I wish I could throw like her. <laughs> And yeah, that was her like, 16th birthday, I believe, that she won the distance champion. Yeah, and you got a junior. I don't know if she's come, dipped her toe into FPO yet. We got uh, Ava Meyer. She's out there. She's, uh, I think she's just 15, and she's been playing, like, FA1. And um, you got, uh, oh, their, their names are slipping my mind. The three sisters. One's a Latitude, one's Westside, and one's DD. Oh, um, Aria. Yeah. And oh, Castrita. Yeah. 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 That's right. So those are yeah. two, right? Like yeah, they're they're they, really great too. Yeah. So there's definitely um up and coming. And my most exciting thing for MPO and FPO is every time I watch, I look at the top 10 and I'm like, who's that? I don't know that name. Who's that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's only gonna get bigger and it's only gonna get crazier out there. So yep. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited yeah. too. <laughs> I, I like think the power that. of that teen example is like so awesome, you know, yes. seeing these teen girls out here doing something that they, they like, that they love yeah. and on a stage with world champions and in competition with like, that's just incredible. I want to be like them when I grow up. <laughs> what, other sport, it's pretty cool. what other sport can you do that? That's what, what I was just going to say. What other sport? Yeah, there is none. <laughs> I'm just going to show up and like, I'm going to be on a card with a five-time world champ, a two-time world champ, like. And I'm only 17. That doesn't happen at tennis or oh. the LPGA or, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a very cool, unique sport and opportunity um, is still there for sure. It's only going to get bigger and better. Mm -hmm. So is rating something that you spend a lot of time thinking about Chantel? 
unfortunately it is <laughs> um i just feel like the ratings for me is um it like proves to myself that i'm getting better right and i had i'm there too <laughs> yeah okay because at like last year i was stuck around 900 for almost the whole year and it was driving me nuts because I'm like, my skills are getting better. Everything's better, but I just can't seem to, I always have like one round to bring me all the way back down. Mm. And so this year it was the change. I don't think I I dropped my rating at all this year and it just, everything clicked and it, I just felt mm. good that that finally happened for me because I was dying to get over that 900 rating mark. Number now? Oh, I don't have a magic number every time I'm actually still like it surprises me that I'm at 936 because a 936 in my mind is a good round and so when I'm I played like a 932 I'm like oh I guess that's not like the greatest round because it's below my rating and I've always been like oh anything above my rating or around it I'm happy with but now I'm like okay so now I have to aim for like 940s which that used to be so high to me (laughs) so it's 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 definitely interesting because by the end of the year, I was I was playing over my rating pretty easily, even with like my bad rounds here and there. So I think I probably like next year, I would love if I could be around 950, which I feel like that's a, a one of the ratings that a lot of women are trying to get over and keep around there. So that would be nice if I could get will around you, 950. Will you pick and choose your tournaments a little more wisely? If you're say a B, a local B tier or a, a tier where you're being propagated against the MPOs and the MA1s, would you not play that tournament for fear of your rating dropping or would you stay, would you go play? Because like that was kind of a, a conversation I've had with the FPOs is that they have these great ratings and they go into a tournament and all of a sudden they're playing the same layout as the um, MPOs and they're being propagated against like, you know, 1,020, 1,030 rated players or whatever, and um, or even 1,000 rated players, and their ratings drop. So Yes, that was definitely something. Um, I, the first, was it last year? I had a couple tournaments like that. So I was the only FPO, and I was playing with the MPO cards on their layouts. And I, I didn't play that bad, but my rating was like an 840 mm-hmm. for that tournament. I was like, whoa, I cannot do this anymore because... at that time I was trying to get into the pro tour tournaments and your rating has to be so high for like that first tier of registration. So that was, that was bringing me back down. And I, and, and so now luckily I am able to go to more pro tour events. So I don't have to play as many small events, but now I'm definitely more aware of the tournaments that I should be avoiding. I probably won't play a tournament um, if there's not at least two other FPOs or if we don't have our own layout, I am very aware of that now because awesome. those low ratings suck. <laughs> they, do. They, do. they do. They do. And you know what, even, so I just played a tournament this year where the FPOs were propagated against themselves. And it was like a, um, a mix, like I'm not an FPO, I'm 50 years old. I don't have a division to play in. <laughs> But I play with the FPOs. I like to challenge myself and I can sometimes play well, but I can't play as well as um, Jordan Moens or Gabby Lee. And so as they're playing lights out, my rating is dropping because I'm only mm-hmm. being propagated against them. So um, 
And, you know, and then I hear from the FA ones, they want to be propagated against the FPOs to challenge themselves. So there, I love that uh, Elizabeth asked the ratings question, because if you talk to the MPO men on the tour, a lot of them don't care about their ratings. They say they don't yeah. care. Ratings don't count. So it, it's such a, oh, I don't know. It's hard. I don't care it's, about mine. I don't play enough The game is so interesting though. So as competitive people, like for sure I can go out and like yesterday hole one at Rose, like I got, it took a seven and I was like, okay, how it's, it's a par three. How many times have I, have I even birdied it in the long, like just, and I was like, okay, yep. Yeah, that's why I like this game. Cause sometimes this is what happens. Exactly. <laughs> But if that happens in an A tier, oh uh, man, I'd be uh, right. You're all of a sudden you go to that first Tuesday of the month or the second Tuesday of the month, and you look at your and you see the big negative red number, and you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so it keeps so us coming back. But people measure ourselves against something, and yeah. and it, unfortunately, it's a very public rating <laughs> system. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It and is. also, it's like right on your page like you're like oh that's the the number of how valued how valuable i am yeah even though it's, i know it's not but that's how exactly. i feel yeah too and when well. you're when you're trying to sign with a sponsor too unfortunately they weigh ratings into it too right ratings like they print discs and it, more so i feel like for fpos than mpos when i think so like, reach a rating they're not getting discs printed for them and like splashy social media stuff put everywhere but women are right mm -hmm. so my my son um likes dying discs and also has a cricket so i'm gonna like get him to make me a disc with my rating when i finally hit 8 30 and be like yes <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah that's awesome, awesome. maybe next year <laughs> but um, I, I appreciate all your open honesty and sharing with us. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm being very serious when I, I say, I really hope we see more of you out there and the tour needs you. Um, Canada should be proud. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You, you, you definitely made me proud as an FPO and a female in the sport for 23 years. Um, probably the most excited I was for any win out of any event all year. So oh, thank you. And thank, thank you. you for hooking up with Flight Pass. This has been awesome. And Elizabeth coming in and co-hosting. And did did you want to ask anything else, Elizabeth? Oh yeah. So I, have you seen those silhouette, um, those silhouette images where it's like a silhouette of a disc golfer and you have to like guess who it is? Have you seen those before? Uh, I don't know. So I've seen recently on social media. I've seen some um, where they have kind of like a a robot doing the form of somebody doing that movement and it's you can't tell with who the body is it's just like a robot body okay i think you i've seen think that about your own form or your own like shape or what what do you think would be would it be your drive or your putt or what part of your a game would be like totally recognizably you <laughs> i think it would be when i'm putting because i keep it up and I, I curl my wrist all funny i think that would be the what would give it away <laughs> perfect so it's uniquely awesome i love it That's awesome. i did think about it and i was like yes i think it's the putt because i have watched coverage and been like oh there's chantel because i can tell from the back i don't need to That's, read the words i'm like you I know, know you watched a lot of coverage when the camera stands behind the tee box and i'm like oh this must be the third card because you know by like their ball cap and ponytail or like the way they stand with their hand on their hip and it, yeah. you know, everybody on the card watching too much golf yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i might be an ultra fan not sure about that but yeah <laughs> or a creepy person i don't know <laughs> no well, 
sometimes the rabbit hole of like looking into like you're being able to look through your story and kind of think about what it meant and your decisions to like accept cash and your plant like it was really fun to just kind of guess and dream so to be able yeah. to talk to you through it is so fun thank you for answering questions yeah no problem and we'd love to have you back at the end of the 2024 season and talk about all your wins and adventures and excitement <laughs> Well, I hope so. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for connecting with us. And um, yeah, and I think I'm going to give a shout out to Sean Galbraith because I think he's the one that might have helped us connect. So yes, I, oh, I think it was Sean yeah, who messaged me, me on Instagram. because I have a message box and then another hidden one. Oh yeah. And that's and a lot of messages was. go in there. And yeah. if I don't answer them in like two weeks, they disappear. Yeah. So like because Sean. your message wasn't there. I had oh. to go to your Instagram and press on the name and then it popped up. Oh wow. Like the message. <laughs> I don't know. They thought you were spam. <laughs> you a while ago. And then Sean messaged me and he's like, You need to have Chantel. And I'm like, We've reached out and she's not talking to us. And I'm like, I'm do sorry. You know her? He's like, I do. And I'm like, Could you give her a poke for us and say, Hey? And then Clive messaged me like that about five days later. He's like, Chantel got back to us. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. I seem like a so thank, you, Sean. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Cause I know you're listening. You listen to all the episodes. So another Canadian hero out there making things happen. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, for giving up your time, we kept you for an, it's like 10 o'clock your time out there. And oh, that's all right. <laughs> and happy holidays merry christmas yes happy enjoy, holidays enjoy your family enjoy your off season um i start my workouts tomorrow too if it makes you feel better i'm I so excited tomorrow guys i'm in the gym tomorrow morning so i will think of right. you as well <laughs> okay. okay thank you and i thank can't you wait so to much hear. i'll be watching your social media in the coming weeks here to find out what goes down Okay. Right. Thanks, Chantal. Have Thank a good you. Night. Thank you too. Bye. Bye.